You're about to enter Nowhere, California. If you like what you hear, please search for us on iTunes. Uh, look at Nowhere, California, all one word. You can also find us on Facebook.com slash Nowhere, California. Please hit like. And as always, we are very hungry for your feedback. So if you have any requests or anything like that, please send your love, your hate, or your apathy to Nowhere underscore California at Yahoo.com. Welcome to Nowhere, California presents our conversation with Jonah and this is Josh, and you heard the intro. This is Nowhere California Presents. Uh, this time around, we can talk to the actor, John Enrich, about his movie, Hooked Up. This is an interesting flick. It's a horror movie. All you listeners, you know you love horror, but with a different aspect. It's a found footage, and don't stop listening yet, because I know how some of you guys are getting tired of the found footage movies. This is a different spin. This um, horror movie is completely shot on iPhones, and... Before the doubt sinks in, this is definitely, definitely worth the watch because every aspect of the movie, the horror aspects, the story, everything, melds together into one natural story that you'll definitely enjoy. And as always, I'm going to just shut up and let's get to the conversation. So, enjoy. We are now joined by Jonah Ehrenreich. How are you doing today, man? Not bad, Josh. Thanks for having me. Not a problem, man. Hooked Up was an interesting flick to watch. <laughs> good way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess the best place to start would be uh, the beginning for you. When did you start acting? Uh, where did you study uh, your craft and everything like that? I started I started acting when I was uh, I was in college in uh, one of the state, uh, state universities in New York schools. I was studying psychology and, uh, you know, it was kind of pretty slowly uh, through my undergrad and I kind of had the opportunity to just mess around and take an elective so I took this acting class and I you know just just starting to like read dialogue or something it just felt it just felt natural and I had a, I had a really cool kind of teacher who he, he kind of said to me listen you can do this if you if you set your mind to it which is funny because uh, I really I just kind of took that all the way and I actually ended up uh, leaving his class and leaving school and actually going back over to New York City I wish he wasn't that happy about, but uh, you know, I still thank him to, for helping me out to this day. And uh, I started uh, doing a lot of auditioning for uh, independent films and student films around New York City. And I was studying at, uh, at HB, uh, HB Studios down in, in the uh, West Village of New York City for a while. And uh, I, yeah, so then I, I was studying there and, and also auditioning a lot. And it was then that I, I found uh, hooked up on one of the casting websites and. And ever since I, I did the film, I've been studying over in, I've been in L.A., and I've been studying with uh, this uh, kind of renowned uh, Meisner teacher. His name is William Alderson, and he's one of those direct disciples, a very old-school kind of guy. So uh, that's kind of been my trajectory. Yeah. That's cool, man. Um, when you are first approached about a project, what are the aspects that you look for before you give the thumbs up or thumbs down? I really just uh, hopefully have a director that I can uh, have an emotional response to his work, and and through that, uh, hopefully he's able to have uh, you know a good character development and, and well-written dialogue, and and really be a, a storyteller uh, first and foremost. I mean, obviously you want to be part of a project that has you know. <laughs> good lighting and good sound and, and everything but you know I really like to work with people who have a real specific vision and and will do anything they can to, to carry that out 
felt that's what I did find with, with Pablo early on in the process. You talked a little bit about how you came across the project of Hooked Up. Uh, could you go in a little bit more about that? What You said it was like a, a kind of a casting call that you found? Yeah, I was, uh, yeah, so like I said, I was doing a lot of auditioning around New York City, and I was in that place where I was, I was applying a ton of stuff, not sure who I would even hear back from, and, you know, I submitted my, uh, my headshot and my, my basic kind of demo reel over to Pablo. I saw his listing on, on one of the websites, it was, a, it was a free, free website, which called, it was called Mandy.com, and it basically said, we'll send uh, college-age actors over to Barcelona to shoot this feature film, and that, at that point, I don't even think I, I had to read much more than that, just to, just to apply, and then when I actually heard back, I looked up Pablo's uh, short films that he did, one of them is called uh, My Invisible Friend, and then this other one called Elefante, where a man literally turns into an elephant, and he really captured me with his short films and at that point I said you know what whatever this guy has up his sleeve uh, I'll go for it and I, I ended up uh, doing these two crazy audition videos for him where I'm filming myself and uh, it, one of the audition videos was I'm, I'm going over to Barcelona I'm gonna, I meet up with my friend and we're gonna party and have fun and then the, the second audition video was you have five minutes left to live you gotta say goodbye to your, your friends and family and uh, the first one went really smoothly. The second one I had some trouble with, but uh, Pablo kind of steered me in the right direction there, and I, and I was able to deliver. It, it was the whole uh, being scared acting was, was new to me at the time, so I was a bit unsure of myself at the beginning, but I definitely put in the time, and, and he liked it. He, he then had me meet up with Stephen Ole, the other actor. Uh, he came over to my place. I was living in Brooklyn, and we we, were, we shot these uh, these audition videos, filming each other with iPhones this time. And that's sort of when we uh, we got we caught on with the idea. Well, we, we knew it was found footage at that point, but we didn't know the whole how far the iPhone element was going. But that kind of tipped us off that the iPhones would be involved. And he was, uh, Pablo was always pretty uh, secretive about the whole idea because he felt like this was you know. It's uncharted territory, and seeing if uh, you know he, he didn't know if he could really divulge everything to us, so he decided to actually come over to New York City and meet with us uh, for that, that New Year's Eve. And we, we were able to sit down with him. He laid everything out for us, and then from there we kind of you know hit the ground running. Uh, for the people that are listening now that are that maybe still kind of in the dark about what this movie is, uh, could you explain uh, Hooked Up a little bit to us? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> she traps us in our in her in her uh, scary house in the middle of 
Yeah, I think with that girl, evil is an understatement. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with you. Yeah, um, and we're, you were talking a little bit about the iPhone aspect. When uh, Pablo revealed that um, aspect of the film to you guys, how do you react? How did you think about, oh, we're going to be doing this all on iPhones? Yeah, i got to be honest. I mean, at the time, it, it was funny because it, Pablo took all this time before telling us about it until we were all sitting down at a table together. And what Rangley told us, you know, me and Steven kind of looked at each other and we're like, really, this is, this is going to be the way it's going to be done? But then he, he really sold us on it, this, this being this kind of new territory and it being, being this kind of device that we could use within found footage to maybe make it more, more real. And, and yeah, it, it, almost using it as itself, as, as a character in a way and, um, yeah, once you once you really went over how how it would all be done, you know, we have three different iPhones circulating throughout. We have a whole crew. You know, lighting, sound will be very important, and and you know everything else is going to be like you're making a real movie. But this is this is something that he he really found with you know not only help as a storytelling device, but you know economically speaking, from a, a new coming director, you know this was also an option for him. You know it's. Like my like the other actor I work with says all the time, you know, it's like it's not about the paint for for an artist who's like a painter. It's not about the paint that you're painting with. It's it's how talented you are. So he was really trying to harness this idea of you know it doesn't matter if we're shooting on this or you know like a red camera. Either way, it's gonna it's we're gonna make it look good. And Pablo really has this kind of like enigmatic thing about him that he can he can rally a troop and. You know, he's, he's this kind of natural born leader. So, yeah, he got us. He definitely got us to uh, to commit to this this project. Uh, I got to admit, when I first uh, got wind of the project and was getting ready to watch it, the iPhone aspect gave me a little bit of doubts. But then, as I was watching it and everything, the story was flowing and it was developing, everything uh, continued naturally, and it seemed like okay, yeah, there, it's there's no. Why are they filming this on an iPhone? Why shouldn't they be running? No, like there's a flashlight on there. You're going to need it, so the iPhone's still going to be active. So it it stayed natural throughout for me. Thank you. I'm glad you. I'm glad you noticed that because some people have trouble uh, seeing that whole flashlight aspect that you caught on. Uh, that was always something that us as, as actors use as, as rationalization because you know, yes, it's also a movie, and there's a certain suspension of disbelief that you have to have. But when you're when you're doing these acts, you kind of you know when you're in when you're trying to be these characters, you really gotta also for yourself have some sort of rationalization. So that that is what we use is the flashlight aspect. Awesome. Um, how much improv- how much improvisation was encouraged on the set? Yeah, that's a good question because uh, you know this is this is Pablo's second language, and even though he's really he's really good at speaking English, especially at this point. He really learned. Um, at the time, he had this. He had a, an American girlfriend who was able to uh, take the script that he had written in Spanish and then translate it over to English. And then uh, when we when we went over the script together, Pablo said to us, "Listen, you know, I want you guys to to really take the words that are on the page and then organically kind of see how how you would say it." And sometimes uh, we wouldn't have to change anything. Sometimes we'd be like, "You know what? I'd say it this way." Um, and and he was really he was really into that and, and Pablo like for instance there's this one scene uh, when we're when we first get into the house and we're going up the staircase and the day of shooting.
Pablo said, all that was written in the script was, we all walk up the stairs together. And Pablo said to me, listen, you know, I, I want you to come up with something to say for the scene. So I went, I went off on my own and I kind of wrote down some ideas that I had for what, what to say. And, and that's what's actually seen in the, in the film. And not all of it, you know, Pablo, the thing about Pablo is when he, when he sees something that he likes, he likes it, he, just, he has to see it first, get actually done in person. And he was really open to, to, to that aspect. He liked, even, even when he first met with us in New York, he hadn't finished the script yet. He wanted to meet with us to kind of get, get a feel for how we, del- we deliver just our everyday communication uh, to each other so that he kind of took that and, and he, was, he was really open to seeing you know, what, what our take would be on, on certain lines. And, and there were other times where we wouldn't have to change anything because uh, his, his girlfriend at the time did a good job of translating. So sometimes we just leave stuff off or we, there might be a moment where we sat on like a line here or there. But it, it was great. You know, he loved, he loved when I, you know, because Tony was just out there, offensive character, for lack of a better word. Uh, so there were some times where I was able to kind of infuse some, that's awesome here it's good to have a collaborative aspect in that kind of uh i'd almost say gorilla filming uh environment um with that being said was there any kind of unscripted moments that may have uh happened that you guys were like you know what let's roll with this and did anything like that make the final cut yes well like i said going up the staircase that was one um i have to i have to think once again there were certain times where um i have to think about that because we shot a lot there there were certain scenes that aren't actually in the film that we kind of improvised as well uh, oh yeah, when I'm in the when I'm in the hotel room, and I kind of said, well, I don't want to give, I don't give anything away, but I, I allude to this um, this kind of moment where I'm like hitting on a girl on a on a beach, and she and at the end of what I'm saying, I'm like, yeah, if it wasn't for the kid that she had, we would have totally been getting it on right now. Yeah. that was something I just kind of like came up with. Uh, I just thought it would be funny, and and at that point we were doing a lot of takes. And he just wanted to see what kind of, you know, what, what, what would come out. And there's also in that hotel scene when, when we're kind of like dancing on the, <laughs> dancing on the bed, and uh, we had no idea what we were gonna do. So we're just like flopping around, Steve decides to like do this weird flip and then flip off the bed and say, you know, that that was kind of gay. Like if he had yeah. to, like he just kind of came up with it on the spot, and then Pablo started laughing. He's like, yeah, yeah, we're gonna keep that, you know. Yeah, so uh, that's awesome. Like that. yeah. yeah. Um, how long did you guys shoot the movie? It was about I think it came out to right around three and a half weeks. Uh, was yeah, that like yeah. the plan? Was three weeks, or did, did that kind of uh, form itself? Yes. The, yeah. The plan was yes yeah, three. I think it was like three to four weeks. Uh, I think they kept it just a little window open, but uh, everything was. Luckily, on schedule, we, I mean, every production has hiccups, but we were able to kind of roll, roll through that, and uh, everything kind of came out on schedule, so, and at the end of shooting, 
you know, Papa was kind of this, like, he was so entrenched in the whole shooting and the story that he, he had these other ideas that he, he wanted us to do, but it just, it, it came down to just we didn't have enough time. We even had to go and do ADR back in America after the fact uh, on our own because, you know, we couldn't, we couldn't afford, like, you know, going over to Spain, obviously. So, uh, yeah, so, we, you know, they, they handled the time aspect. Well, we did half of the shooting over in this small town in, in Navarro, Spain, called Car Castillo, and it was this, like, really small, like, 3,000-person community that is that Pablo had this uh, family house that you see in the movie. That's actually a place that he would, he would go to during the summers, which is funny because it's, like, four hours inland, and, and uh, he's from Barcelona, which is right on the water. So he would leave the beautiful water town to go to this, like, kind of desolate inland community in this really creepy house. You know, that house you see in the movie, it was, it, other than, like, the, the torture con- contraptions that you see, like, it, it looked exactly like the way you see in the movie. So you get a good idea of, like, the kind of environment that Pablo grew up in. And wow. I guess you'd become a director, too. <laughs> that's, that's nuts. Uh... And speaking of the torture devices and everything, um, you talked a little bit about uh, not wanting to spoil a certain aspects. So I will throw this out there first. Uh, try to, I guess, in the most non-spoiler way possible. Uh, what was your reaction when you first read the ending, and how do you feel about the 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 final cut of the ending? Like when you first saw it on screen. It was pretty crazy because we we actually didn't get a hard copy of the script until just a little over a week before leaving for the trip to Barcelona to make this film and we were, you know, we had our idea, we had our sort of like our outline our layout for what was going to happen and, and Pablo put this whole spin on things and uh, I mean, I was loving every moment of reading that. I, I, I was like beside myself, wow, this is going to be, you know, this is going to be great because it really added this whole other layer to the story and then I mean, the real, you know, the a real great reaction was from Steven who was like he thought he was playing uh, something very different and then a week before shooting it's like okay this is uh, this is a whole new bag of tricks I gotta kinda come up with and uh, it, it was it was really it was really interesting I think that was uh, I think Pablo kinda kept that in his back pocket I think he wanted us not to be overly prepared for that but then when we started shooting it all, it all came together and it started making sense, especially when we were able to shoot the second half of the film first, and then go back and shoot the first half, we can kind of like piece things together um, in our own way through doing that. Oh, that's great knowledge to know, because the ending, like you said, it pieces really well together when every, the ball starts rolling, it's like it's a non-stop roll until you're about to hit a brick wall. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Um, I guess now, with as the movie is getting seen by more and more people, uh, what are your hopes for Hooked Up as time progresses? I just hope that yeah, people can maybe can get like a nice uh, cult following, and and people can see that it's you know like you said before with the whole iPhone aspect. Um, I think that is something that catches your eye, but I think once you start watching the, the, the movie, you see that it's it, it's it's more than than just that and. You know, that is a, a device that is appealing to just this kind of, you know, like I said before, this, this uncharted kind of territory, this new spin on things, but you know, Pablo is, is a storyteller first and foremost. I hope people can see that, can see that he really, he, he really came up with this 
story and from the beginning of the film to the end of the film everything he wanted everything to connect and and, and there to be reasons for things and uh, yeah I really hope that you know people can see that it, it, it's, it's a fun movie and it's you know it's, it, it's it has dramatic elements it has comedic elements and it's um, it has a little bit of everything maybe for everybody and and maybe it can kind of like branch out a little bit more from just the cloud of being a, a found footage film. Even though it is that, hopefully maybe it can it can strike some different different audiences that might not necessarily be just found footage fans, and and, and maybe maybe introduce them to to horror in a, in a certain way, and then maybe they can you know get the ball rolling as far as as, as, as liking horror films like I like I did because. You know, before doing this movie, I, I wouldn't call myself like the biggest horror fan, but through seeing what it takes to make one of these movies, I now love horror films, and I've really, you know, I, I've really embraced it. So hopefully, you know, this could be a nice, a nice kind of uh, segue for some people into horror, and and, and maybe to draw some different audiences that you wouldn't expect. Definitely, I, I would have to admit, with this one hooked up, is definitely a great gateway drug to uh, horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, is there any other upcoming projects that you have coming up that you would want us to know about and where can we find you online sure there's a, a project I'm going to be shooting uh, over in, in the desert near near uh, near LA it's actually like three hours removed and it's going to be this uh, kind of grindhouse thriller called Drifter and it's uh, with this really talented director named Chris Von Hoffman it's a feature film it's his first feature, and he's he's really he's done some really cool short films. He's gotten this backing, so that now he can make this feature. And I I kind of have this uh, it's a small cameo role, but it's it's in this kind of pivotal moment of of the beginning of the film. And uh, I, I played this this kind of uh, this this bandit that is it is pretty is a pretty bad person, but also is maybe uh, rethinking. His, his uh, decisions and it's, just, it's an interesting kind of I love Grindhouse films I love films about you know drifters and and in these kinds of because uh, I just saw that movie The Rover with Guy Pierce and I, I, just, I love those kinds of sets I love that kind of uh, that wasteland kind of feel so that's going to be great and uh, yeah you guys anyone can find me on, on Facebook uh, just type in my name friend me you know we can we talk and uh, feel free to you know, follow me on Instagram. Uh, Jonah, nice to know you is my Instagram name. And uh, yeah, you can find my reel on Vimeo and stuff. So yeah, feel free. That's awesome, man. And of course, with this being Nowhere, California, we have a particular trademark question we like to end every interview with. So, Jonah, what is your favorite What the Fuck movie moment? You know, I was I was like tossing back and forth between uh, Tusk. I just saw that and I I was really unprepared I did not know what, what I was in for I mean I, I hadn't seen a human centipede so when that happened and I think you know what I'm talking about oh yeah I'm a big Kevin Smith fan he's the reason I did this podcast <laughs> yeah yeah I was just beside myself and like in, in the best way possible too like I loved how disgusted I was with the whole circumstance but I mean but before I saw because I just saw that recently so that's what stands out mostly but uh I gotta say Antichrist uh, Lars von Trier's film with the uh whole stuff with the uh you know yeah <laughs> yeah yeah 
Yeah, I, I, I know the torture of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> That those were some great choices, man. Um, honestly, man, thank you, Jonah, for coming on the show and talking with us. Oh, thank you so much, Josh. This is great, and thank you for having me.